pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. Brother Daryl earlier, but I thought I'd do it online because uh, I want everybody to know what a tremendous help him and Miss Shannon has been to us. I literally couldn't preach for four weeks. I couldn't couldn't get the words out. Couldn't didn't have enough breath to preach. Couldn't even talk very long. And every time I thought I'll I'll, I'll do it this Wednesday, yeah. and I couldn't. I called Daryl sometime at the last minute. And Brother Darrell come through for us on Wednesday and Sunday and Wednesday and Sunday. Amen. And every time I called on him, he was there. Yes, he was. No problem, Pastor. I got this. Yeah. I just want you to know we appreciate it, Brother Darrell. Yes, we do. Yes. But I knew I had to get back to preaching real soon because y'all was getting spoiled. <laughs> and all that good preaching. Amen. Amen. But we love you guys and appreciate it. Amen. I want to talk about faith this morning. I don't know about you, but I need a good shot of faith Amen. after what we went through. And I thank God for the word. I thank God that the Bible tells us, is any sick among you, let them call upon the elders of the church, let them yes. anoint your head with oil, pray the prayer of faith over you, and the prayer of faith will raise you up. Hallelujah. It'll get you healed. Yes, I'm telling you, we were at a place where I didn't have very much faith. I, I, sometime I couldn't even get I couldn't even get a word out, but we called on the elders of the church and they held us up. It was like we tagged out and they took over for us. We need that, and that's why God put that in the Bible. One translation says, "Is any sick among you and unable to pray?" I'm telling you, that's a bad position to be in. But sometimes you find yourself there. Sometimes you speak to your mountains and they don't move for whatever reason. Sometimes you declare and decree that no weapon formed against you will prosper, and yet it seems like it's prospering. And I don't know why, but it's like I just can't fight. We call on the elders, and they fought for us. But we're coming to a place in time, and I think we're already there, where God is going to require not just faith, but real faith. Real faith. And, uh, you know, most people have the faith talk, but they don't have the faith walk. And that's where it counts. And, and before we start, I want to give you a simple definition of faith and fear because they're diametrically opposed. You're either going to be in one or the other. You can't be in both at the same time. Faith is nothing but confidence in God's ability. Simply put, but that's it. Having confidence in God's ability is faith. Having confidence in the devil's ability is fear. And you can't, like I said, walk in and vote. You have to make a choice, and it's your choice. Am I going to walk in faith, yes. or am I going to walk in fear? Yes. And I'm telling you, during this last month, the, the sickness we went through and the pneumonia I had, I, I had to rebuke fear every day, sometimes several times a day. I had to just literally rebuke it because it was trying to come on me like a cloak. 
like a blanket. And I said, no, I refuse to fear. I'm going to stick with God. And I did through the whole thing. And someone once said, faith and obedience are inseparable. Where you find faith, you'll find obedience. Where you find obedience, you'll find faith. And he said that the obedience is the evidence of true faith. If you have true faith, you will be obedient to God's word. And, and uh, you can't tell me you're in faith if you aren't walking in the word. And, and don't tell me you have faith if you're walking in disobedience to the word. Don't tell me you have faith if you sin against God with your mouth. Whether it's gossip or whether it's negative talk. Uh, we're not to let, Paul said not to let any corrupt thing proceed forth out of our mouths except that which is good to the use of edifying that it may build up, yeah. not tear down. It's our job to build people up. Amen. Hebrews 11, 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible, impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is, he is God. Yes. And that those that diligently seek him, he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Yes. You must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder Amen. of those that diligently seek him. And, and we think it's hard to diligently seek him, but it's not. Uh, if you're doing the word, if you're following after God and obeying his word, you are diligently seeking him and you will be rewarded. Amen. 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 Uh, you can't help but be rewarded because it's built into the word of faith. So, uh, according to, to the scripture I just read, it's impossible to please God without faith. That's exactly what it means. We think because we came to church today, we're pleasing God. You think because you put your tithes and offerings in the bucket out there, you're pleasing God. You think because you raised your hands and praised him today, you're pleasing God. Those are all honorable things, but if you're not doing them in faith, he's not pleased with it. Yes. Yes. Amen. Why? Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. So faith should be at the top of our agenda because if that's what pleases God, that's what I want to be my best at. Faith. Hallelujah. Jesus himself asked his disciples, when the Son of Man returns which is going to be shortly, he says, will I find faith in the earth? Why is he looking for faith if it's not important? When he comes back with all the things that's going to be going on, he's going to be looking for faith. Is he going to find it in you? Is he going to find it in me? You know, there's, might be a surprise to you, but there's compromise in the church. I'm not just talking about our church. I'm talking about the church universal. There's compromise all over the church of God today. People are compromising every day. Compromising the word. Compromising the commandments of God. Compromising their lifestyle of faith. And Ezra, if you read the book of Ezra, you'll find that one of the main things is the fact that he caused the Jews to uh, repent and come to the altar uh, of repentance because of their compromise. The Jews compromised the word of God. 
Ezra brought that to their attention. They got convicted and they went to the altar and they repented for compromise. And that's what we need. We need some repentance and some weeping before the altar. We haven't done that in a long time. And I don't know where your altar is. It could be here. It could be in your bedroom. It could be in your car. We all have an altar, and we need to spend some time at that altar in repentance. We compromise and bow too easily to the devil when it comes to God's word. And instead of walking in real faith, because we're, we're to walk by faith and not by sight, instead of doing that, we walk in fear more times than we do in faith. I mean, when something pops up on you in a circumstance or a situation, uh, you don't immediately go to faith. You immediately go to fear. And that's when you have to grab a hold of them and say, no, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. And you get a hold of that fear and you turn it into faith. Yes. Amen? Amen? And you start displaying your confidence in God's ability, not the devil's ability. You remember why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace? Because they wouldn't compromise and bow to the devil. The king wanted him to bow to his music. And he said, when the music begins to play, you face my image, my golden image that I made, and you bow. They said, we ain't bow. We ain't compromising. And, and you know, uh, the reason he had music is because he's trying to get the church to dance to the devil's tune. The world wants you to dance to the devil's tune. And you got to recognize the music and say, no, I ain't dancing. And I ain't bowing. Amen. No compromise. And in Daniel 3, 16 through 18, you can turn there if you like. If you don't, then just make a note of it. But. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. That's in the King James. We are not careful to answer thee in this matter. In other words, we don't even have to think about it, O king. We already know in advance that we're not willing to compromise our faith, not willing to compromise our beliefs, and we ain't bound to the devil. And, uh, you know, I mean, would you be willing to stand up knowing that you could be thrown into a fiery furnace or nowadays get thrown into jail like that brave pastor, uh, Arthur Pulaski in Canada? Yep. He, you remember him? He threw the police out of his church, called them Nazis. You're not closing my church. Get out of here. And, and that man was raised under communism. He knew what it was like. He could tell totalitarianism and authoritarianism when it came to his church. And he rebuked them and he told them to get out, you Nazis. He got arrested twice, thrown in jail, mistreated and abused, cold, wet, hungry, almost like the Apostle Paul. But he stood his ground and he would not compromise. And so... Uh, they're saying, you know, we don't have to think about it. We don't have to be careful about our answer. We already know what it is. We're not bound. And, you know, some people say they're willing to go to jail because of their faith. Mm, help me, Jesus. Come on. But the same people won't go to church because of their faith. Come on. 
Don't shout me down just because I started preaching good. You say you go to jail for your faith, but you can't, your faith can't get you to church. Forget it. You'll compromise when the pressure comes. I promise you. <clears throat> See, if you don't have enough faith to go to church, you're not going to have enough faith to stand the pressure when it comes. You're going to cave, let alone go to jail. You don't want to suffer an inconvenience. There's people that miss church this morning, not our church, just all over the world because they might get rain on their head or because they stayed out too late last night or because they're tired. Listen, if that's the only kind of faith you got that can't get you to church, you ain't going to make it in some of these trials that are coming. People compromise all the time because of a lack of faith or a lack of confidence in God's ability. And they, and this is the God that they say that they serve. How do you serve him if you're not even pleasing him with faith? They give in too often because of fear. Now verse 17, Daniel 3, 17, now we read 16. They said, if that's the case, in other words, if you throw us in the fiery furnace, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. That's faith talking right there. He is able, what you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. He is able and he will. If you don't remember anything else, just remember, he's able yes. and he will, yes. whatever it is. Yes. And, and so in verse 18, it says, but if not, wait a minute, I thought they were in faith. They said he is able and he will. But if not, if not what? Not if not, he doesn't deliver us. They're saying, if not, if you don't throw us in the furnace is what they're saying. They're not doubting God. They're not doubting what they just said here that he's able and he will deliver them. They're saying that uh, if you don't throw us in there, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. They letting them know either way. Throw us in there, we come out delivered, and we still don't serve you. Don't throw us in there, we still don't serve you. We serve the one and only true God, and him yeah. only shall we serve. We're not compromising. So let me paraphrase it. If you throw us in there, our God will deliver us and we're still not going to compromise. If you don't throw us in there, then we're still not compromising and we will never bow to the devil or even dance to his music. Get that in your head right now, King. Otherwise, find another way to kill us because God's not going to let us die in that furnace. Daniel. Now, Daniel, wasn't, he was one of the four boys, but he wasn't at the fiery furnace incident because he had just been promoted prior to that, and he was working in another part of the land. But the devil had a scheme for him, too. The devil had a plan for him. He wanted to get him, too, out of the way. And, and, and do you know why? You know what that plan was? Get him thrown into the lion's den. They tricked the king into... We preached about this a little while back. They tricked the king into making a decree that no one would pray to any other God or talk to any other God for the next 30 days except you, O King, our real God. 
And you know, the devil's been wanting to be worshipped since the Garden of Eden. And so, you know why he was thrown into the lion's den? Because he wouldn't compromise and do the devil's bidding. Three times a day, he'd open his windows, face the east, and pray out loud. Three times a day. And it was no different after the decree. He went home, opened his windows, faced the east, and prayed. He wouldn't compromise. He knew he could get thrown in the lion's den. He didn't care. And so, you know, if the government told you not to go to church, if they told you not to read the word of God, if they told you not to bow your knee and pray to the one true God in heaven, what would you do? You got enough faith to, to not compromise? God is looking for real faith in the earth, not the talk of faith. And, you know, how can we tell when we're in faith or not? The main way to tell is by what comes out of your mouth, by your confession. That will determine uh, whether or not you're in faith. A real confession of faith is always joyful. Why do I say that? Because a real confession of faith always expects a joyful outcome or a joyful conclusion or a joyful result. Real faith is happy. If I told you that you were sick, and if I told you that by his stripes you're healed, you should get excited. Yes. If you really believe that, you should get excited. You should be full of joy. Glory to God, I don't feel like it. I'm hurting all over. I got all kinds of symptoms. But by his stripes, hallelujah. Yes. And you're full of joy before you're healed. Faith confesses that we have the money before it comes. Yes. This is nothing new for us people. Yes. Faith confesses we have the healing while we're still sick with symptoms. Faith confess, confesses victory when in the natural it looks like we ain't going to make it. Come on. That's faith talk. Yes. And, you know, we not only need to confess the right things, but we need to confess them like we actually believe it. Can you imagine that? Confess something out of your heart that you actually believe with joy. Yeah. Paul was in prison, going through hard times, cold, wet, tired, hungry, abandoned by the church. And when he told Timothy this in his second letter, he said, I am not ashamed for I know, not I think, not I guess, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able. That's another thing faith is. It's a firm persuasion that he is able. He's able. And then you not only have to believe that he's able, but you have to believe that he will. He not only is, but he is a rewarder. Uh, Paul said, I'm not ashamed for I know whom I believe and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Yeah. What have you committed to God? He's able to keep it. Yes. Yes. Committed your health to him, he's able to keep it. Yes. Committed your wealth to him, he's able to keep it. How about committing your children to him or your loved ones that are lost and on their way to hell? He's able to keep it. Yes. And I'm going to tell you something right now. There's nothing more important in this world than your salvation. Amen. You can gain the whole world, but if you lose your soul. 
What good does it do? You can gain the whole world. You can come to church every time the doors is open, raise your hands, praise God, run around the church, dance, spin, do all you want. But if your family's going to hell, what is it worth? Nothing more important than your salvation. Not, nothing more important than knowing that you're going to go to heaven when you die. And not only that, but you're going to live right here. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The devil came to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10, 10. But Jesus said, I have come to give life and that more abundantly. Zoe life. The God kind of life. Yes. That's what Jesus came to give. What life are you living? Romans 10, verses 10 and 11. We're all familiar with this passage of scripture. We quote it when we get people born again and everything. This in the Amplified, it says, For with the heart a person believes, adheres to, trusts in, and relies on Christ. That's faith. And so is justified, declared righteous, acceptable to God. And with the mouth he confesses, declares openly, and speaks out freely his faith, and confirms his salvation. His faith is in his heart. He speaks it out to confirm it, and, and it, it confirms his salvation. The scripture says, no man or person who believes in him, who adheres to, relies on, and trusts in him, will ever be shamed or disappointed. You cannot be shamed or disappointed if you believe God. If you trust to and adhere to God, you will never be ashamed and you will never be disappointed. In other words, it's with the heart that man acts on the word, because the word is planted. It's a seed, an incorruptible seed that's planted in your heart. Yes. And it's with the heart that man acts on the word. And a heart in fear and doubt uh, is ruled by senses. Yes. It can only go according to what it sees, hears, or smells, or touches. Yes. What a terrible way to live. Yes. A fearless confession comes from a heart full of faith and a heart that's ruled by the word of God. Got to have the word in here. The heart acts and that drives the mouth to confession. Is your heart right this morning? Is the right things in your heart? Is the word in your heart? Because when it drives your mouth to confession, it better be right because that's what you're going to live. That's what's going to come to pass in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of my favorite scriptures is in Acts 27 check. 22nd verse. Paul stood on the deck of a ship as a prisoner bound for Rome. He was in the storm of his life. In the natural, it looked like the ship was going to be destroyed because it was. It looked hopeless, but he fasted and prayed that night. Yeah, passion and going to cussing now. He fasted and prayed that night. But I'm telling you, an angel came yes. and spoke to Paul. Yes. And, and, and uh, he received a word from the Lord. So he shares it with everybody on the ship the next morning. They hadn't been eating. They're sick. They threw the cargo over. The ship is taking a beating. They know they're not going to make it. And Paul speaks to him in verse 22. And he says, now I exhort you. I lift you up. I edify you, brothers. 
uh, to be of good cheer. Now, cheer up, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but only of the ship. The ship's going to be lost, but you won't. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Saying, fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. In other words, because I have a call on your life, and I have called you to Caesar, to witness to Caesar, uh, I'm going to save everybody on this ship. Yes. But they got to stay in the boat. Yes. Mm -hmm. Cut them lifeboats loose. Don't let anybody get in the lifeboat. They'll perish. They got to stay in the boat. And you know what that represents? That represents you and your family. Yes. You have got to stand between heaven and hell yes. for the members of your family. Yes, you do. And because of your faith and yes. because of your prayers, like Pastor Ed was saying this morning, yes. God will save your family. Yes, yes. But yes. your prayers and your faith yes. is their lifeline yes, to is. life. Yes, it is. Because without it, they are not going to make it. That's and too right. often we quit praying for yes. them. Too often we don't think they're going to make it. Yes. Too often we stop believing God for them. Yes. And we just worry about our selfish little selves. Well, you're going to heaven. If you're truly born again, you're going to heaven. So don't worry about yourself. Start praying. Amen. Keep that lifeline going for yes. your family. That's it. You may be the only uh, reason they make it. That's right. In other words, for your sake, Paul... I'm going to save everyone on this ship because I'm not done with you yet. I'm telling you, this is not a scotch truth. If Patty Webb was here, he'd testify to it. I don't tell you, I can't tell you how many times in the 20 years I worked at Ford with Patty Webb that our jobs were threatened. Our company changed hands twice. And, and every time the guys are all worried, you know, we're going to be out of a job. This company is bidding on our jobs and they're going to sell us and blah, 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 blah. And I said, listen, you guys will be here as long as you want to be here, as long as I'm here, because nothing's going to happen to this company because God will bless every one of you just to keep me blessed. Amen. It's the called word. an overflow blessing. That's the word. All the people on the yes. ship were saved because of Paul. Yes. yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. Because of Paul's faith. They didn't have any faith. That's they knew right. they were going down. Amen. But that's confidence in God. Yes, it is. He said, I believe God, and this is my favorite scripture. I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Yes. I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. In other words, I believe the word. Yes. I don't care what it looks like. I don't yes. care what the circumstances are. I don't care that the storm is raging, the ship's taking a beating, and it looks like it's going to sink. I believe it will be just as he told me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe the word I received, and no matter what it looks like in the natural, it's going to come to pass. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. I got a word from God that by his stripes, yes. 
I got a word from God that he will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Yes, yes. I got a word from God that no evil shall befall me nor any plague come nigh my dwelling. Yes. I got a word this morning. Yes. I got a word that yes. I am more than a conqueror. Yes. I got a word that he gives me the victory always, always. without fail. I got a word this morning. You got a word? Yes. Then cheer up. If you got a word from God, it should be even as he told you. Yes. Cheer up. Amen. Get your joy back. Because yes. the joy of the Lord is your strength. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe God. Yes. Paul had a faith-filled confession. It takes a heart that's nourished on the word to stand in hard places. Yes, if does. your heart is not nourished on the word, if you're not feeding your heart the word, then you're going to have a hard time standing in the hard places. Yes, you will. Amen. Yes. Uh, his word is a sure thing. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Yes, yes, yes. His word is settled in heaven. There's no doubt or unbelief up there. Amen. But you know what? It has to be settled in your heart yes. as well. The word's not going to help you in heaven. It's going to help you and you get it in your heart. And it becomes real to you. When it's settled in your heart, then it's easy to act on it. Amen. That's why I use Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel as examples. Because the word was instilled, instilled and settled in their hearts. And it came out of their mouth without hesitation. We're not going to be careful about our answer, O King, because we already know it. And nothing you say or do is going to change that answer. If it be so, if you throw us in there, we ain't bound. And our God delivers, we ain't bound. If you don't throw us in, we ain't bound. It's already settled in heaven and it's settled in my heart. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone once said, a hesitant confession is the forerunner of failure. A hesitant confession is is the forerunner of failure. Failure will follow a hesitant confession. Yes, Why? It's not settled in here. And then he also said, but a joyful confession is the forerunner of victory. Uh, uh, not only a joyful, but a non-hesitant confession tells me that the word settled in my heart. I don't have to think about it. And when we act on the word and make a joyful, heartfelt confession, victory will be ours every time. You know, I talked about Gwenny uh, before we went on the air, and I, you know, and, and one of the things I said is that you know, Gwenny went to heaven; it was her choice. Why I'm standing here and she's not, I don't know. It's not because I have more faith. Nope. Gwenny was full of faith. Yes. It's not because I have more word. It's not because I believe harder or prayed harder. Nope. I don't know why I'm still here and she's gone. That's right. Her work was obviously finished. Maybe mine's not. I don't know the reason. Amen. But until I go to him or he comes to me, I'm going to keep going. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. My mind is made up. Hallelujah. Yes. Amos 3.3 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? If you want to go north and I want to go south, if we don't come into some kind of agreement, we're not going anywhere together. Yeah. You'll go north and I'll go south. Yes. We have to be in agreement. Yes. 
How can I walk with God except I be in agreement with his word? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. They're inseparable. I cannot walk with God except I walk in his word. And I can't walk in his word or walk with God unless I'm in agreement with both. Amen. Can't walk with somebody I'm not in agreement with. That's right. If God is going north and I'm going south, I'm not walking with him. Amen. I'm not in agreement. I have to agree with God's word when it comes to healing, prosperity, salvation, or answers to my prayer. Yes. (coughs) Excuse me. We have to be in agreement. We have to agree with what God says about us <coughs> and disagree with what the devil says about us. Amen. You're a failure. I disagree. Amen. You're a weakling. I disagree. Amen. You're going under. I disagree. You're going to get sick and die. I disagree. If I'm going to walk with God, then I have to agree with him that I am who he says I am. That's right. I have what he says I have. I can do what he says I can do. I uh, I have his name. I have his nature. I have his authority. I have his blood. I have his love. And I I agree that I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Amen. I agree with God. Amen. I agree with his word. I disagree with the devil. Amen. And we have to realize that our faith will never go beyond our confession. The words, the word only becomes real as we confess its reality from within our hearts. That's it. The reason it must be real to us is because we're required to walk by faith and not by sight. Yes. Uh, sense knowledge confesses only what it sees, hears, smells, touches. And I'm telling you, you yeah. think that's reality, but that's as far as from reality as it gets. That's it. When you talk your doubts and your fears, which we hear a lot of in the church, you're destroying your faith. Mm. And when you talk about the reality of the word and fill your mouth with praise, it will affect your heart and your faith will come forth like never before. And let me just go ahead and say this. You know, uh, Apostle John says that we can deceive our own hearts. And uh, I I see this in people's lives, not only in our church, but also in our personal lives. People have, when you speak negative, especially when you lie, you knowingly tell a lie. You are deceiving your heart. And your heart gets to the place where it doesn't know what to believe. And since that's where your faith is coming from, yep. you will never get into faith. Yep. Because you, you, you lie and you speak what the devil says. You agree with him that I'm sick. Yep. I, I, I might get cancer. My dad had cancer. My mom had heart failure, blah, blah, blah. <coughs> Excuse me. All of those are negative words, and according to the word of God, they're lies. And then you come to church and you say, by his stripes I'm healed. 
and your heart says, liar, how do I know you're healed? How do I know you're not lying like you did before? And your heart is like, I want to believe. But they said they weren't healed before. They said they were dying. They said they were sick. They said they were broke. They said they're not going to make it. They're going under instead of over. And now they're saying they're healed and they're prospering and they're going over and not up. I don't know what to believe. And what comes out of your heart is going to be all wrong. Don't deceive your own heart. Don't lie about things. Don't gossip about things. Yeah. Your heart is listening. Yes. It's taking it all in. <clears throat> when you talk about your trials and difficulties, your sicknesses, your aches and pains, your lack of money, your lack of ability, your lack of, uh, of faith, then it's going to cause your faith to shrink. It's not only going to deceive your heart, but it's going to make your heart sick. You have to learn who you are in Christ and then boldly begin to confess it. You act on the word. When the circumstances seem impossible, you stand regardless of how impossible it looks or feels, and you make your confession and hold fast to it no matter what. That's right. Even if you don't believe it yourself, keep confessing it until your heart does believe yes, it. Yes, yes. That's why we're told to meditate on the word day and night. Why? To, to convince your heart that it's true. That's right. And then the next time you say, by his stripes I'm healed, your heart will believe yes. it, and faith will come forth, and it will happen yes. on the outside. That's right. Yeah, but sometimes it seems impossible. I know that. I've just been through that. But that's good, because faith doesn't ask for possible things. You don't need faith for possible things. You need faith for the impossible things. Yes. And God makes all things possible. Yes, faith demands the impossible. Yes. The prayer of faith is never for the possible, but always for the thing that is out of reach for us. The impossible things. It is God who is at work with us, in us, through us, and for us. You've got to remember that. God's at work with us, in us, through us, and for us. In Romans chapter 8, 31, Paul says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? See, with God on your side, you don't have anybody else to worry about, not even the devil. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You believe it in your heart, you speak it with your mouth, and then you stand and you refuse to get into fear or even entertain any form of doubt. Colossians 2.5 in the Weymouth translation says, Yet in spirit I am present with you and am delighted to witness your good discipline and the solid front presented to your enemy. <coughs> the solid front presented to your enemy. See, your faith in the word and your confession presents a solid front to the enemy. And, and, you know, the enemy doesn't know he's winning until you tell him he is. But if you present a solid front with a positive confession, he, he's impressed with that. He can't resist that. He knows you, you presented a solid front. 
And he knows you can't be conquered. Nay, in all these things, I'm more than a conqueror. And, and greater is he that is in me than these circumstances or this disease that's attacking me. There's no need that is too great for my God. And there is no lack that he cannot meet. Words, words, words. Yes. Proverbs 6, 2 says, Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Your words will set a trap for you or set you free. Yeah. We're defeated with our words. You said you couldn't, and the minute you said it, you were defeated. That's right. You activated the devil. Yes. <clears throat> you said you didn't have enough faith for something like that, and doubt rose up like a giant and bound you up. You talk failure, and failure will hold you in bondage every time. Well, I just speak my mind. I can't help myself. I have to speak my mind. That's why you don't have any friends, and that's why you walk around defeated all the time. Because you had to speak your mind. When you should be speaking the mind of Christ. Yes. I have the mind of Christ. I hold the thoughts, purposes, and intents of his heart. Yes. So when I open my mouth, his mind is going to be spoken, not yes. mine. You want your, you want to keep your friend, friends? Don't speak your mind. Don't give anybody a piece of your mind, because trust me, you can't afford it. Keep all the mind you got, especially as you get older. I ain't giving it to nobody. Keeping what I got. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Learn to use your words so they'll work for you and not against you. Amen. They're like containers. A word is like a container. You can fill them with whatever you want to. Isn't that wonderful? You can fill them with love or hatred. You can fill them with anger or peace, poison or healing. In other words, your words can become whatever you want them to, come, to become to whoever you want them to become to. Learn that your words can make you a winner, a loser, a victor, a captor, loved or despised. You can speak, you can speak words of love that will stir heaven. God understands love language, and, and love language is the same all over the world in every language. You can speak words of love that will melt the coldest heart, and you can speak words that will heal the broken and the discouraged. Those are the words you want to speak. And it all starts in our minds. It starts with a thought. Everything starts with a thought. Your last sin started with a thought. Your next sin is going to start with a thought. And so if we want real change, we have to change our thoughts. That will change our words. And when we change our words, that will change our actions. And when we change our actions, we will change our outcome and our results for the better. We think wrong thoughts all the time. We can't help it. They just pop in our head. And, and But it isn't as bad uh, as you might think as long as you don't speak that thought. Brother Hayden said this, thoughts may come and even persist on staying, but if you refuse to put them into words, then they will die unborn. Yes. Isn't that good? Yes. So start thinking positive things and then put them into words. Put those th positive things into words that will react with your spirit and cause your faith to rise up 
and that will bring them into reality. You can ask Mike and Chris. They were raised in a home where the words I can't were not allowed. And even before we were born again and started learning God's word, we never allowed them to say I can't. They would even get their mouth washed out with soap for saying I can't. That was a cuss word in our house. And we didn't know it at the time, but the phrase I can't, well, not, you can't find it anywhere in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Uh, so, uh, say, I can receive my healing, for with his stripes I am healed. Don't ever say, I can't pay my bills. Say, I can pay my bills. Amen. Uh, for my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm a tither and a giver, and because of that, the devil's been rebuked. Amen. And, and uh, don't say, I can't get my prayers answered. That's a terrible thing to play. Say uh, say, I can receive answers for my prayers. Because yes. Jesus said, whatsoever I ask of the Father in his name, that shall he give me. I've got a word on that. I should never doubt my prayers. Amen. As long as I'm praying according to the will of God. Uh, these things are just not in God's vocabulary. I can't is not in God's vocabulary. And if it's not in God's vocabulary, it shouldn't be in our vocabulary either. If it's not on God's mind, it should never be in our mind. That's right. Don't say I can't see so-and-so ever getting saved because he's too mean and ornery. You just cut his lifeline. Because you might have been the only one that's praying for him. That's right. And say, I believe God will send a worthy laborer across his path yes. with a fit word to yes. speak in due season. Yes, and the Holy Spirit will meet yes. him right where he's at, that's convict right. him. And have him recognize his need for a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. <coughs> never. Say never. Never. Never talk failure. Never talk defeat. Never acknowledge that God's ability can't put you over. Even if you're thinking it, don't say it. Amen. Let that thought die unborn. Yes. Another thing Brother Hagin said about in this regard was that you can't stop a bird from flying over your head. You can't stop a thought from coming into your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. That's right. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, my time is up. <coughs> Excuse me. But before we close, I just want to ask you a question. And I know this is rhetorical, and some of you think, why is he asking me that? I've been saved for 20 years. But I want to ask you this morning, are you right with God? Do you know you're right with God? Do you know that if you walked out that door and got hit by a beer truck leaving the church and, got, and died, do you know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven? If you're not sure about that, I'd like to pray for you this morning. And you're just one short prayer away from knowing yes. that you're right with God and you're on your way to heaven. If I spoke to you, or if you need to get back to where you used to be, you know you're not where you belong. You know you have some problems with your faith, your words, your thoughts, your negative ideas and negative talk or whatever, 
uh, God wants to restore you this morning. It's like I said before, there's nothing more important than your salvation. And your salvation has to be sure to you. You have to know you're saved. And there's only one way. Jesus said, except a person be born again, you shall in no wise see the kingdom of heaven. If you haven't been born again, or you don't know what being born again is, we want to pray for you this morning. Would you come up here? Would you be bold enough to come up here? Any one of those three things, you're not where you belong, you know you need to come back to God, or maybe you don't know God, you don't know if you die, if you go to heaven or not, or if you just want to renew your faith, we want to pray for you this morning. So come. Come on up here. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. If you're not sure you go to heaven when you die, I want you up there. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.